Hey everyone, this is Austin and this is Russian Disinformation. Uh, today, Jasmine was unfortunately able to join us because she had mother duties and it's a past our bedtimes. However, I have my friend Gabe here. Gabe, say hi. Hello. And I also have my boyfriend Zach here. Zach, say hi. Hello. Today we are going to be discussing all the crazy kind of borderline Nazi rhetoric that's coming out of the left, mainly AOC, C's mouth, and the Democrats. Uh, we are going to go ahead and discuss uh, the parallels between uh, Nazi propaganda, concentration camps, Japanese intern camps, FEMA camps, all that fun stuff. And we're going to get a little tinfoil hatty. And uh, Gabe has a lot of uh, not <laughs> a lot of knowledge in this so i thought he'd be great and then zach also has a lot of good input too and now we are going to begin go okay i'm gonna start off with aoc so there is a video of aoc she did a rant on her instagram live three days ago or two days ago it's today is january 14th and she goes on this whole rant about how tom uh, tom cruise <laughs> ted cruz and josh holly need to basically leave the sentence and she is calling everybody who's from the capital white nationalists and she's saying that uh a lot of rhetoric that's coming out is that uh, we need to have camps or re-education camps. And also Project Veritas just dropped a video yesterday of a PBS lawyer saying that Trump supporters need to go into a camp and be re-educated. Um, do you have any like any input that we can throw this start this conversation yeah, with? So I think with with when we're talking about camps, the funny thing, the funny uh, parallels between camps is that, same thing that happened, what happened with in, the, in Germany with the Nazis was most of those camps that we know of, the famous camps, started off as um, pretty much re-education camps. People who disagreed with the party, people who disagreed with uh, Hitler, and just people that they didn't like, started off as camps. So none of it, the, the death camps, all that really didn't start until later it kind of became a convenient thing that they already set up these places where anyone who disagreed was already uh already there so it was just kind of a convenient okay let's it developed over time it wasn't a all right one day let's just start murdering a bunch of people it was we have let's start relocating people and they didn't really know to go from there so it was really improvised it wasn't a Kind of like how it is now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it wasn't fucking. Let's do this now. You know, let's let's just kill off all start these killing people we yeah. don't like. It's it's it takes time. It takes a long time to set that stuff up. And I was assume it take. I'd assume it take a lot of convincing too. Um, to some degree. I mean, with the more. That's the funny thing. With the, it was the more people who were already down. People were already in support of that kind of you know, went crazy with it. And it did, again, it takes time. It takes the radicals and those who, who kind of, that's where you see a big split too. It's like the people who are, you know, more hum humanistic, more into uh, uh, taking care of people. And then the ones who were, became a little more sadistic. So it kind of showed once that system was in place to, 
then begin, all right, we can start being sadistic, we can start being crazy and heinous and do terrible things. And it happens in steps too, right? Steps, you yeah. You put them in a, in a camp and then after some time, the more sadistic will say, okay, well, the next logical step is to just... Torture them. Thin the herd. Exactly. It's And that's, I mean, it's like the Stanford, uh, Stanford, you, you know that one, the Stanford... Um, project so Mm -mm. it was this was a test the the prisoner um test uh we could pull that up actually um i forgot what it's officially called it's like the stanford that's basically the test was we're gonna have a group of people who are prisoners and then a group of people who are um prison guards and so the way that you know the way that test is set up is over time as the test continues, you they noticed that certain guards started becoming more evil. I guess that started you started seeing the evil in people because it, it's not. It's just kind of like oh, I'm taking orders, and that was a lot of the things that that was a lot of the defense for a lot of people who were, you know, a lot of Nazis who were taken custody. They were their defense in the uh, the Nuremberg trials was. Oh, I was just following orders. Oh, I was just following orders. And as you look at evidence, they witness testimony. They're like, no, that guy was enjoying what he was doing. And, and yeah, there's there's terrible instances of people people but like that. I think I've heard of that. Is that people people uh, lose their humanity, right? They're told to push a button to to torture someone on the other side. Oh yeah, and it takes time, but. Yeah, this might be the thing you're referring to, is in that test. Eventually, people would. That's a that's another test. So there was another test. Oh, was where, that was? I forgot which that one was called. But out of all the people that they there there was, how was the test set up? It was a you would have a button that when you pressed it, it would zap somebody um, allegedly, but there was nobody on the other end. You just heard yelling. But it was a test. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're so talking they, about. So then they press it. And it's supposed to be zapping this person, um, but it wasn't zapping anybody. But there was only one guy who said, "I'm not doing this." I'm not. But it was a. It was a. It's like the psych him out. Yeah, whoever yeah. was running the test was saying, "Just press it. Just keep pressing it." And most people just kind of complied and kept pressing the button. And it's just easy to comply with someone who's telling you to do something. We all do. I do that all the time. Where it's, I get a little bit of pressure on something, I'm like, "Oh, whatever." You know, it's not yeah. my responsibility. And in that test, I don't think they were. At gunpoint, too, right? Like in no, Nazi yeah. Germany, if you're one of the officers in those camps and you're you're ordered to do something or to usher people into a building, into a chamber, a gas chamber, you're uh, you could say it was all part of the you were just following orders. But the reality is, if you, I mean, that's true to some degree. Yeah, you may enjoy it or not. But if you don't enjoy it, or if you if you don't comply, the threat. That there is a threat on your life if you're not, and your family's if, life. <laughs> if you don't comply, if you're an officer in that camp, there there is a threat on your life. But still, not to not to defend what they're doing. No, yeah, and I mean that's I think there's another thing to be talked about when it is, when we do talk about Nazis is the different the difference between actual party members and you know regular citizens because most people weren't actual Nazi citizens or citizens, Nazi members. Um, the Nazi members tended to be more fanatic, more 
Kind of like Antifa. Kind of, kind of, like, <laughs> kind of exactly like Antifa, where they they already agreed with certain things. That's why someone like Oscar Schindler, Schindler's List, he was a uh, kind of an anomaly because he played the game. And if you've seen the movie, the the way they the way that he acts him, um, he kind of plays the part and but the whole time you know he's trying to save people and he realizes oh this is this is bad <laughs> i don't agree with this but he kept he had to keep up the appearance that he was a part of the nazi system a part of the regime um and uh you know he had the had the pin he was he was an actual member um and that's that's something that that even now i was talking to a friend about um there are still people who were ss members who you know at some point were remorseful or weren't remorseful for what they did but yeah that there it wasn't just every german was a nazi even even the um the military the wehrmacht uh is a separate body from the Nazis. So even their military wasn't entirely Nazi. It was the, there was a distinction between SS and actual um, Nazis versus the German military. Exactly. Because to be an SS member, you had to meet certain qualifications. You had to have a certain amount of proof that you did descend from Aryan pure blood. um, And you had no, impurities in your in your lineage and you had to prove it you had to have paperwork so those people were in already they were they were down with the cause so that's that's something that i think a lot of people miss is that there were distinctions between certain groups um but you know just it was what it was uh and and that's something that we kind of overlook now is that those distinctions to did matter and are important. And even after the war, there was a difficulty in trying to find. That was a big issue. Was denazification? Was oh do yeah? We, do yeah. we use? Do we keep the people that are were in power just to keep you know everything running smoothly, or just start over? What do you do then? And you're going to end up with a bunch of people who don't know what the hell's going on. Um, so that was a big issue with with the Russian and the you know the Allied militaries after that. Okay, how do we deal now with yeah. a bunch of people and there's leaders in place? Do we still keep them or do we change them? Um, we just send them all to the U.S. And just yeah. them get rid of all of them. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you can also have a CIA program called Operation Paperclip and taking Nazi doctors to start MK Ultra and all that fun stuff, too. Oh, yeah. But, but that's a whole different podcast oh, yeah. episode. <laughs> We'll use Nazis to take us to the moon. Yeah, yeah, we'll take, yeah, exactly. And then uh, what was the other one? Not create acid, but. Um, like deprogram people and break their psyche with MK Ultra and brainwash. Um, so another thing is, did you guys did you read up on the internment camps? I, I read some things, but I not a whole lot. Yeah, I got not a, as much. Yeah, that, I mean, the, the Japanese internment camps is kind of crazy because you hear these. I remember the. I got to look it up real quick. I'll bring it up. I posted it on my story, but the, but the Japanese internment camps, they. Pearl, ha- Pearl Harbor happened. They the 
uh, Roosevelt, FDR was like, okay, we should probably take all the Japanese and remove them from society and put them in camps. And they had, what was, I kind of lost my train of thought. Good thing I could edit Yeah, I think with that is like, the question is, where do your allegiances lie? Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. And I was was reading a a large percentage of the people, of Japanese people living in the country at the time where, I think it was something like, somewhere around 50 to 60% were uh, second and third generation. And the rest were um, originally from Japan. And uh, another thing I was reading was that the farmer, the farmers in California, Oregon, and Washington, because we had the biggest uh, Japanese population, mm-hmm. the biggest growing Japanese population at the time. Um, it was actually the rural people who didn't want Japanese people to really have their own farmland, and they felt like they were encroaching on their territory and their lands, and mm-hmm. they were the ones who were really in support of it. Um, the internment, which mm. that's that's a realm of history where I'm not as well versed, but I should be. Right. But um, well, everyone was questioning where their allegiances lie, and it's gonna it's similar to like what AOC is saying. It's like we need to figure out what these people are thinking, and we need mm-hmm. to figure out if they are pro Trump for, for the new cause or not for the new cause. And if they're not for the new cause, then what can we do to reeducate them? Right. Yeah. And it'd be like for someone like, for instance, like us, we're in that political spectrum where we're not necessarily like pro Trump or anything, but we're not part of, we're not part of their group or we're not part of their ideology. Well, we look back then and the lines were very, the lines were, were drawn racially. Racially, Yeah. And now it's a little hazier, but it's still racial. That's the weird thing about it is you still find, like okay, well, am I? Are we am white I, or am I, Yeah, am I exempt <laughs> because of the color of my skin? Am I exempt because I'm not a white person? So therefore, I can't actually be in support of white supremacy or quote unquote um, white nationalism. Because I, I just by definition, how can I be in support of that? I think you get around that by saying, are uh, not are you pro white or anti white? Is are you pro colonist or anti colonist? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So it doesn't matter if you're if you're not white. If you're pro colonist, and that's enough to to label you all the horrible things that we will label you, is because you're you may not you may not be white or you may not appear white, but if you are pro whatever it is, whatever it is, if you have conservative values, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. But even if you're, you know, there's a bunch of things that we have, uh, there's a bunch of things, society has progressed because of colonization, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're pro some facet of society, it's really easy to say, well, you're just a colonist because you're, you're, you're for this cause. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so we may not, it may, it may go beyond, it may go beyond the race thing where it's just a matter of are you anti-colonist or pro-colonist but that's just a that could just be a ploy right? i think that's another scary thing that is like to, trying to determine where someone's allegiances lie and that's where it gets that's where it gets scary is like okay i have to find it and that's that's the weird thing too when you're talking to people and trying to qualify them everyone has to have a label everyone has to have a label everyone yeah. has to have a distinction everyone has to have a identity um and they do. Every individual has their own perspective. So that's that's the weird thing about being 
quote unquote open-minded is um what does that even mean anymore like yeah. how do you determine who is open-minded who isn't or who's questioning the right things and who's who's acting in the right ways and who has the right belief the quote-unquote right beliefs and wrong beliefs and that's that's a scary prospect is okay you have to pass a certain test or you have to say the right things in order to uh, get a pass or get a all right you're free to act in society because you agree with these i don't know these mainstream media talking points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you have to agree with these talking points and uh you know that kind of like moves into the next thing with like all the propaganda that's going on right now uh <laughs> obviously Obviously, I'm sorry. Obviously, there's a lot of propaganda going on with the uh, mainstream media. And, you know, I've said this before, and I keep saying this, it's just it blows my mind that people are just falling for it. They're just completely falling for this propaganda. And I'm sure, you know, Fox and especially CNN is taking Goebel you know, maybe reading Goebbels handbook or something like that. That's been passed through the government mm. through operation paperclip. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we've learned a lot from the last century about propaganda and uh, media and, and media, you know, media is what has, has destroyed countries and built up countries and destroyed um, democracy, democracy, political parties. I think a big problem too, is people don't like to think for themselves or, investigate for themselves or even question because you just you get spoon-fed information and all right it's easier for me to it's easier for me to go to college and get a degree and just fall into um the cookie cutter lifestyle fall into this okay this is the truth and this is false versus well let me find out for myself you know people i think that's a big thing too is, is the laziness of social media the laziness of the technology that we have is I don't need to know this stuff because it's all here on my phone. I can just Google it quickly instead of being able to pull it off the top of my head. Um, and, you know, to some degree, you do need to get fact checked or you need to make sure that you're because, you know, everyone's wrong. Ninety nine percent of the most time. of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Um, it's like uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording. There was a headline on Disclose TV's Twitter. It says. Representative AOC said on Instagram that Congress is looking into quote is quote looking into media literacy initiatives to help quote rein in the press to combat quote disinformation in the wake of last week's of last week's U.S. Capitol unrest. And what's crazy to me is that who dictates what's di- disinformation? That's always a question. Yeah, like who, what who who sits there and says this is wrong or this is right? Who's the who's the arbiter of truth? You know, media is, right? Yeah, the media is the arbiter of truth. And apparently Congress is going to set up some type of committee to say this is true and this is not true, which is abhorrent. It's terrifying. It's a terrifying prospect. Yeah, it's terrifying. Um, also, going back to the internment camps, this is a pretty terrifying, too. And I have this in my notes. So New York has some leg- uh, legislation in place. Uh, it's called NY... A416. And basically, it's about camps contain- and containment camps for COVID. So here's my little tinfoil hat. Hmm. Yeah. So we all know, you know, you always we always hear about FEMA camps and how they're just going to start imprisoning people against their will. 
well, with all this rhetoric going around about re-education camps and deprogramming Trump supporters, and then we're also in the middle of a pandemic, like at this point, how crazy, like it doesn't, it's not far from crazy to hear that, you know, these states who are passing these kind of legislations where you can be detained if you're sus suspected or, um, or, or uh, what's it called? Uh, tested positive for any, any, actually the verbiage is any cumable disease. It's mm. not just COVID it's for any disease. Huh. Yeah. It's, and, but you know, when you go and Snopes it, they said, Oh, this legislation has been brought to the floor numerous times since 2015. <laughs> but like, but that's but the fact that this is even going in. Oh, that is, that's kind of, it's kind of scary. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the same way it's, Without, I mean, without like the racial aspect of it, it's kind of similar to uh, how Germany set up, um, what do they call them? Relocation camps or uh, ghettos. Basically. Deportation camps. Exactly. It's, ghettos. it's a certain type of person is more susceptible to disease and unhealth. So keep them away from the good ones. Let's, let's separate them. Um, and it, I mean, there's, strange echoes of that that i'm seeing here well here's another strange echo you know what was just declared a national health or like a worldwide i think it was worldwide i'm gonna have to double check that but basically a health uh um a health crisis racism ah did you hear about that no, I, i'm pretty sure, sure it was through the who let me double check um i have a question about racism what the hell what is it because how do you define what a racist is what that's I've I've been wondering that because people throw the word racist around. Are you are you racist because you, know, you say certain things or you do certain things? We can all kind of agree that racism is wrong, but um, how do you define yeah, who I mean, I think and what right. is a racist? Well, yeah, I mean, it, go ahead. I'm not sure that's changed, but maybe a more modern take is that you're a racist if you promote anything that um that is against equality of all races right yeah so which is tough to define because um because if your aim is for equality for all all things and all races then it's we could find inequality in a bunch of places and then say well if, if you're in if you're not in support of this um cause against inequality then you're a racist Here's the weird thing about defining racism, too, is that no matter what, anyone is a part of a certain group or multiple groups, but you have a vested interest in that group then because you're being a part of that group. So no one can be truly objective in a racial conversation because everyone is has a vested interest in a particular culture and a particular group and a particular race. So there really is no such thing as an objective perspective as far as race or ethnicity or whatever you want to call it is concerned. Right. I could just say the problematic thing and say that everyone's inherently racist. Probably. <laughs> everyone's a bigot. Well, that's when you, when, you, when you have things like inherent bias, it's like, well, if you grew up around a bunch of people who look a certain way and act a certain way, um, you're going to naturally gravitate or move you're gonna have your own personal issues with what what that is but um when I mean, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that though that's the thing like no yeah, yeah. there's no, there, there's only something <laughs> wrong with it in a an intolerant way in an, yeah and or in a like I violent guess if you want to yeah violent in the like supremacy type of way but i don't know i haven't really 
I've heard the word white supremacy a lot lately. I've heard the word white nationalism, but I no, I haven't really heard or seen uh, those types of things from the white people that I know personally. Um, but that's if you want to look at it in a racial lens. And I think that's yeah. more racist to say, well, I see a white person. Obviously, their interests are with their own. So they're going to naturally be pushing mine down or pushing mine out. And I've never seen, I've never interacted with my close friends in that way where it's like, well, it's, a, it's a, we'll joke about it. You know, we have Oh our, yeah. We always we joke have about our it. Jokes, but like it's, we're like the most diverse group of friends yeah. too. You know what I mean? We literally all over the racial spectrum. All over. I also haven't heard anybody who, who's been like, uh, you know, we might say we're not racist, but, but people would, I think more like nowadays would say, it's not that I'm not racist. I'm anti-racist. Which is still inherently is, racist. Well, no, I don't think it is. I just think it's like, you're not saying you're not racist. You're saying that you're against racism, like you're proactively against racism. And I think some of those people would even recognize some of their own racism and actively combat it. And not only that, uh, push other people to actively combat their racism because the racism is widespread and it's everywhere. And if you don't think it's widespread and everywhere, that means you're probably a racist and you're not anti-racist enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that I think the number of people who would flat out say I'm not racist is shrinking because those people are now saying the racism, racism is everywhere. And I'm trying to fight it in all parts of my life mm -hmm. because it's like it's uh, it's like this thing that's uh, that's pervasive everywhere. And if you don't see it, it's probably because you're more racist. Than probably because you're, you're, you're more racist than me. I'm still racist, but you're more racist than me for not seeing the for racism not, that's and, everywhere and admitting it and you, and and admitting it. Right? I just find that as you're, a big. Like, you haven't joined. You haven't joined my my ideology. You're not as hardcore about the ideology. It's and just the, a virtue signal. That, yeah, the fact that you're not as virtuous about it means that you're more racist than me. It's. I mean, it seems also to be like the same thing where I, I notice this with musicians a lot is, you know, you'll kind of test somebody. I've I've done this in my past where you test someone like okay how into this are you or actually how 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 much time have you spent on this are you even how techno you like yeah, are you even exactly <laughs> are you even techno you even, have you even heard all this band's albums exactly yeah name one album <laughs> name one album why are you wearing the t-shirt <laughs> one acdc album exactly. <laughs> oh you listen to back in black <laughs> <laughs> oh but it is like that where there's like um a hierarchy of how racist or not racist are you? Yeah, it's a um, it's a it's, it's just a, a virtual signal. You know. It's just a huge circle jerk in my eyes. Yeah, it's a big penis contest. But uh, going back to the camps, so here's the article in USA Today, and I'll have this on our Telegram channel. Make sure to search us at uh, Russian disinformation on Telegram. Uh, you'll be able to see all the articles and all our sites that we're pulling from. Uh, so here's the USA Today article headline, American Medical Association, the nation's largest group of doctors, deems racism a public health threat. So mm -hmm. with, you know, with the legislation going through in New York, even though the verbiage is for a cumulable disease, well, if American Medical, health, uh, Medical Association can deem racism a public health threat, who's to not say that they could deem it cumulable and as a disease? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, who's... Who's the, per who's the person who they deem or who's the group they deem to label something that way? Hmm. Kind of terrifying. 
when you really think about it, when you really, really sit there and ponder and it, and with all this rhetoric about, or all with AOC and everyone talking about how calling, I don't know, calling MAGA rallies, terrorist groups, you know, or terrorist meetup or organization, like they're already labeling MAGA rallies, terrorism. Hmm. It's a medical health and risk. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, what's what to what to do about that? Yeah, I mean, there's really not much else to say because that's well. Again, that's where I get to like, okay, if racism is a medical health risk. How do one who's defining again what it's the de it's all in the definition because that's a that's a big thing in the in the mental health world is okay, what is normal and what isn't normal? Or what defines this medical condition versus, you know, being, you know, someone average person. And uh, the, uh, if you look at the DSM, whatever they, I think they're on four. I think it's seven or something like seven, that. I think, I think it's four or five. Yeah, I think it might be five. I think it might be five. Well, it's, it's normal, quote unquote, normal people will look at that and, read it and, and read the, the symptoms and go, Oh, maybe I do have this. Um, and then, cause you know, a lot of people have what might be considered insomnia or might be considered certain things. Um, so it's yeah, it's subjective. It's subjective. It's strange. It's very strange to, to define somebody. Cause yeah, who defines who's a race, who defines racism, who defines who's a racist. And then who define like, who is then the one to say, okay, you meet these qualifications. Now you have to, Go to this camp. Go to this place and learn. And that's that's the big scary thing too with um, the uh, the uh, race sensitivity type training. Ooh, things CRT is yeah, or this 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 on this what is it the um, critical race theory? Critical race theory, the the was inherent bias that we have. It's like okay, now you're going into someone's mind. Or you're trying to go into someone's mind and tell them, okay, if you notice these things in your own, if it's subconscious, then I'm not doing it consciously. It's not my conscious brain that's reacting to these things. It's something, I guess, evolutionarily there that you're going to now go in and try to dehuman. It's clock. It's a clockwork orange. It's it's well, is that in someone's nature or is that someone's conscious decision? And then we have to re-educate them and train them outside of. Uh, out of that kind of like how the weight of the with the chinese and the uyghurs or the uyghurs oh yeah the, they yeah they have their camp they have camps set up <laughs> re-education camps like this like the dems are basically doing a whole play-by-play -play like the chinese like the ccp i mean with the, the reason why i was just reading an article some like random ass cambodian <laughs> newspaper the other day about how the Chinese put the Uyghur, or decided to put the Uyghurs in, uh, I don't know, is it Uyghurs, Uyghurs, Uyghurs? I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm it's, sorry. Uyghurs? We're going to say Uyghurs because that makes way more sense. <laughs> um, so they put the Uyghurs in camps because they're Muslim and they're all, they essentially ex uh, labeled them as extremists. Hmm. And so they had to deprogram them and make them not extremists anymore and not Muslim, you know, that's kind of the same, you know, you can just translate that to people, Trump supporters and I say think, that yeah. they're extremists because they're already being labeled the terrorists. Well, yeah. 
they're already being labeled terrorists. So what's to say that this, this again, I'm going to keep using the word rhetoric, you know, it's going to translate to here and it's not far off. It's not like we haven't done this before in, in recent history. No, yeah. And that's the thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not far off. We think, I think another thing that people think of um, when they look back at history is that, okay, because we're not, because we're changing kind of what we're looking at or what we're nitpicking at, it's okay. If it's not the Jews, if it's not the Japanese, if it's not whoever else we're going to lump together and say, okay, they're the problem. It doesn't necessarily need to be a racial thing. It can be an ideological thing. It can be an, an opinion. And that's a religious thing, a religious thing. That's what happened with the Nazis. That's exactly what happened with the Nazis. It started off with ideologies. You don't agree with what we're doing. You're a political enemy. Yeah. So therefore you are getting cut off and sent somewhere else. That happened in the, in the, it's funny too. I remember, I remember, I think it was AOC who mentioned the night of the long knives. And that's what was, that was a big thing. It was a couple months ago when, um, they were talking, why were they, why were they talking? They were talking about it in, in terms of um, some, some Trump situation. But the, the Night of the Long Knives was uh, uh, the original Nazi party before it was completely taken over by Hitler was, there was another group, the SA, um, and this, these were the brown shirts. This was before. Oh, so it, AKA Proud Boys. Exactly. <laughs> the brown shirts. So they, they're called the brown shirts because they were literally wearing brown clothes and they would go around and beat people up that didn't agree with their with their message. Oh, and, like Antifa, black, like black block? Exactly. <laughs> Weird. If you don't agree with us, we're going to beat you up. Um, so they, uh, what Hitler did was he felt that that leader, I forgot his name, but there was one particular, the leader of the SA at the time, they they had him killed they had a bunch of other people killed locked up and sent away to these camps so that way hitler could have complete control and in doing that they uh they pretty much separated those who believed and those who didn't believe and those who weren't going to support hitler and that was the a weird scary parallel that I'm kind of, I guess we can kind of notice now that's, um, you decide who is and who isn't a part of your group and who fits your definition and who fits these, these parameters that you're going to set up. And that's, that's the dangerous game is who, who fits in these parameters and who doesn't, who's going to comply and who doesn't, and then we'll separate them and, you know, and that's, it, it goes to the extreme of killing in some some points, and that's where it gets a little scary. But a, a lot of those parallels, a lot of those comparisons are lost on people who I don't. I think they just assume, oh, because it's not Jews or because it's not black people or because it's not a certain race that, you know, has their history, um, yeah. that we can just continue doing similar types of things as long as it's against... The people yeah. who don't agree with that us. was the Nazis, but we're Democrats, so you can't really compare them because my val- my values are nothing like the Nazis. I like Jews so, and black people, and yeah, exactly. I'm so inclusive. I'm not like, them I'm not like that. Exactly, yeah, that's exactly, exactly like they're 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 right wing extremists, so we can't treat them like we treat our fellow people because we're not talk we're talking about something different now. 
we're talking about these other group of people that we need to uh, separate and, and, and label a certain way. And they're, they're a certain way and they're not like us and they're, in, they're inhumane and they're, um, they're white supremacists. So let's just put them in a camp. We'll re-educate them. The ones we don't re-educate, we'll just let those people figure out what to do with them and we'll just see where things go from there. Yeah, it has the potential for that, and that's the scary thing. I think that weird irony is lost on people, but and that's that's the weird thing. I haven't heard, I haven't heard those things from the other side. If I'm trying to be objective, I haven't heard that from the other side. When you say other side, you mean the the, the left, the right, the right. Oh, the right. So okay. If, if that's all coming from the left, I haven't heard as much of that from the right. The ironic thing is, like, when um, the beginning of the last election. What I did hear a lot of was like the kind of, actually it was, the phrase was actually trending for a long time and there was a lot of groups about it. The, the going that Donald Trump is literally Hitler. <laughs> and that actual phrase was repeated a lot. A like lot. Donald Trump is literally Hitler. Now, of course, now we literally has, the definition has changed. So it kind of fits more, but still the idea was that our new president is literally Hitler. And when you compare the guy to Hitler, that, that justifies a lot of bad behavior, I guess. But the ironic thing is that flat, flash, uh, fast forward to now is that we're saying this guy's Hitler. But he's being it, censored. In order to com- to combat that, yeah. we're going to enact all the, or potentially enact all these things that Hitler would have enacted in order to fight the guy who was literally Hitler. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Make it make sense. Make it fit. <laughs> yeah. And... I totally lost the thought. I, oh, so going on to that saying that Trump's literally Hitler. So there's this book that I really recommend everyone to read or listen to called Words uh, Words Can Change Your Brain. And essentially the whole premise of the book is how to talk to yourself. Hmm. And it's a self-help book. It's, it's a total self-help book. And it's really changed my life. But the whole thing is about how you label things, how you frame things, and how you talk to yourself and how you talk about yourself to people. Now, what I was going to say, how I'm going to relate it to this is that people keep calling Hitler or keep calling Trump Hitler over and over and over again, and they're going to believe that he's Hitler. It's just yeah. like you said, like Goebbels. You yeah. know, you repeat a lie enough. Repeat a lie enough and the people will believe. Exactly. And, you know, this book, that, I mean, that's basically this book. You repeat, it's, it's all about negative self-talk and having negative self-talk to yourself. You know, you repeat a lie to yourself all the time. You're going to believe it. I, I think the only fair, there's only one really fair comparison between Hitler and Trump. And that's... Brought the economy back. <laughs> yeah, really, really, exactly. You brought the economy I'm back. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I think... Are you though? Are, yeah. You're no, not kidding. Because he could be Hitler. He's the, he's the coming he's the second coming <laughs> the only the only comparison i think is fair is that he is able to stoke people's emotions up to a pretty interesting point to, but i don't even think directly because he he doesn't see you know there's going to be extremists and there's extreme on either on either side so you're going to have people who agree with trump without a doubt and that's that's scary in its own way but those people don't seem to be Attached to reality. That too. None of them do. Anyone who's extreme isn't attached to reality. Yeah. Right. Like, this just, they're just not. They're not living by the 
normal standard. But again, if you move, okay, everyone who's on that side of the aisle is an extremist because they agree with this thing, then, okay, now you're changing the rules. Now you're moving the goalposts. Now you're, you're literally changing the game. And, yeah. And again, on the comparison between the two, there's, there's really not much of a, there really isn't a comparison. They're, they're not that similar. I mean, they're not. Yeah. They're just not. Um, Hitler wasn't getting censored over the media or on, you know, whatever platform, quote unquote platform that he was on. But even he was sent to jail because um, they did try, he did try, Hitler did try to overthrow the government, but they had a very weak government at the time. Um, was this when there were like wheelbarrows full of Franks? Yeah, this is when <laughs> everyone was poor and everyone was angry and upset that they had just lost the world. They had literally lost the first world war after they convinced themselves that they were one of the greatest militaries in the world. They were a pretty damn good military, but speaking of which, now that you're saying that I was, uh, I'm pretty sure I was talking to Jasmine about this and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on our last podcast. Um, you know, we all know if we get another stimulus passed, mm. especially with Bi- what Biden's proposing, raising the fifteen minimum, the minimum wage to fifteen dollars, one point nine trillion dollars, uh, stimulus package, everyone getting fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, so it's gonna crash our economy. Our dollar is gonna be worth nothing. It's gonna be a fucking pesos at this point. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm talking about you know the one thing that the right is missing, or just the country in general, we're missing a leader. And I went on a whole Tulsi Gabbard yeah. rant or whatever. And this is how you get a Hitler. That's, no, that's exactly. <laughs> this is how you get a Hitler. You know, we all think that Donald Trump is not. We all think the left thinks that Trump is Hitler. Biden comes along and fucks everything up for the next four, two years. Cause he's not going to even get two years. And then Kamala steps up and Kamala fucks it up. Like she fucks everything up. <laughs> And then everyone's pissed and then someone comes along who's going to be able to unite left and right leaning people. Mm. And if it's not the right person, we're going to get we're a Hitler. Screwed, yeah. We're fucked. That's, and it's going to be even more terrifying. That's, that's, I think that's another weird comparison is when Hitler started, he was, when he, when he started getting popular, he was in his early 30s what trump's what like 70 something he's spry though he's he's a spry he's, he's so spry, spry for his age but he's not gonna last nearly as long i mean hitler died what in his 50s and his late yeah I think it's, I can't oh my god hitler was as old as us hitler when... was a young dude he was not he was when he when this was happening he was not an old man like oh so basically aoc well that's potentially that's, <laughs> they talk in extremes they speak in in absolutes absolutes and you know moving people and you know out out with that person destroy this um ending ending these things that yeah these extremes that that oh here's all these problems that we have and here are the solutions it's all right here in this book (laughs) in my copy of mind comp which he has right here on the table next to the microphone by the way everyone it's a it's a terrible boring book. Don't don't waste your time reading it or do read it because you should be informed. But it's don't feel bad if it takes you two years. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's long and it's boring and but I mean, it, I don't know the the language in it is very 
it's very angry. And I think that's where a lot of this comes from is, is anger and, and fear of, of this other thing. And, you know, you can find that in, in a bunch of different people's writings, but that's, that's the scary thing is, is anyone who's, who's angry and who's, who's resentful and on any side is, you know, if you're acting in, in anger and you're act, you're reacting in, in, um, I don't know, trying to stop something that you deem evil, evil, you're going to, you know, you're going to react su- as such. And that's the terrifying prospect. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the way to stop this or at least to slow it down or somehow reverse course, I really, I really think what's lacking in this country or in the world in general is like, everyone's kind of emotionally stunted. Everyone's so, so emotionally stunted. And I mean, I'm still, I think I'm still emotionally stunted. I still have, (laughs) I still think I'm like literally emotionally retarded sometimes, (laughs) but you know, again, we got to start, in my opinion, we need to really just start talking to people and just kind of like having these kind of conversations. I think, I think too, we need to, I mean, instead of demonizing these things, I, for some reason, I'm attracted to studying the enemies of society um, or like the enemies in history. They're spicy. They're interesting. Yeah. They're but it's, they're also human. That's like, that's, that's okay. So if we want to talk about the statues of, of Confederate generals being removed, a lot of these people I've read biographies on, I've read histories of, and, and it's humanized them. It's not to justify what they were fighting for, what the situation might've been, but it's a, when you get into it, it's a little more complex and it's a little more dynamic than, oh, that person's a racist because they were fighting for the Confederacy. It's, it's That's way too more, simple. it's so simple. It's way more complicated than that. But, you know, by saying that out loud, I run the risk of someone, no, oh, you're a racist because no, I've read this person's life. I'm, I'm fascinated by who they were as a person. Um, again, not to justify things, but it's, it's, these are normal people living in the world like anyone else's or was at a certain time. And, you know, they were confined to certain circumstances, confined to certain situations and they, you know, some reason came to the conclusion that they didn't acted the way that they did and fought defended died for certain things and that's i you can't take that lightly on any side i mean i've read a bunch of different types of history and a bunch of biographies and uh everyone is dynamic you have to give people the chance to redeem themselves you have to give people the chance to really figure it out and that's i think that's what's lost on people now is there it's just kind of this okay this person's an a, i totally disagree with what they stood for so i don't have to pay attention to them as a human i don't have to pay attention to their history because they're evil and uh i, I don't think that's a fair judgment to have because again you look at anyone's history and it's complicated you look at anyone's history and they have a story uh, they have a story they have their demons and they have their their heroic um you know the the their their, their story heroic, arc. their sort of story arc their, yeah. exactly their their life's continuing story exactly i think uh we were talking about this earlier with malcolm x he dropped some truth bombs on zach and i <laughs> can you <laughs> yeah. can you tell us about that yeah malcolm x um his biography is pretty interesting 
he wrote it with Alex Haley. So if anyone knows Alex Haley, he wrote the book Roots, which became the show Roots. And he, he you know, in his story, he talks about how he discovered his family and, and he was able to find the first slave that came over on the ship. And that was, you know, the start of, of his, uh, his, his family. And he was able to find the, the, uh, the roots of, you know, where they came from and what tribe they were and, uh, the actual guy who came over. Um, so he helped Malcolm X write his book. Uh, and so the beginning of the book is written in such a way where Malcolm X is totally a part of, uh, what was uh, Elijah Muhammad and um, the Muslim brother is uh, the Brotherhood of is is Islam the Nation of Islam, um, and you'll see in a lot of his speeches and a lot of the the early writing in the book where he really defends it and he really supports it, and so the beginning part of his life is just well the middle part of his life when he started his career as a as an orator. He describes how you know, white people are evil and the black man has to support himself and we have to separate ourselves from the, the white man's evil. Um, and until he, he went on his hajj and he noticed that there were a bunch of different kinds of Muslims. There were, they looked totally different across the spectrum. There were black Muslims, there were white Muslims with blue, he even describes white Muslims with blue eyes and blonde hair and white skin. And he said this this is that's what changed him when he noticed that all these different kinds of people were praying together in the same tents, ha- sharing stories, talking, you know, living together. And when he came back, that's when he made the change and he made the realization maybe, maybe it's not a racial thing. And he wasn't really able to live out that last part of his life because he was killed like very not, not, not that long after he returned. Um, and that's that's a thing that I think people miss out on is that he started off as, you know, very angry, very resentful towards certain kinds of people. Um, but he changed his view and, and he was killed before he was able to really describe that change. But that's that's the thing that I think is another, we, we just accept Malcolm X as a, as a black hero and he, you know, he is, but he was a person, you know, he had his faults, he had his flaws and he had, he had his, uh, I guess, wrong and problematic views of the world and of people, but he was able to figure it out and live it out. And I think that's the fair chance that we need to give to people is, you know, being open and being able to share and, and have an actual conversation and, and you know, everyone has their sins that they carry around, but you have to be able to discuss them and, and be able to, uh, uh, try and remedy them as best as you can when, you know, while you have the time, cause life is short. Yeah, no shit. Life is short. And, <laughs> uh, you know, like, you know, we all have common ground and honestly, all of our common ground is the government. <laughs> like we're all, you know, for the most part, every, the government's what's fucking us all over. Wasn't the government supposed to represent the people? And it's not representing and us. It's not, but that's the that's the scary thing. Like AOC was talking about getting people out. That was interesting that Sargon of Cod was saying was that you know, she's she was upset that she's telling these people that they need to get out, but they were democratically elected. So you're telling not only that person that they need to leave, but you're telling the people who voted for them that they voted for the wrong person and that their vote is kind of 
mute because they voted for the wrong person. Now that person needs to leave. So it, it's it's fair to criticize someone, but you know, get out because I don't agree with you. That's, I mean, yeah, and I'm sure most of America would probably actually agree for AOC to get the fuck out. You yeah. know what I mean? Because she's 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 literally inciting violence. <laughs> yeah, I don't like her, but yeah, you know. exactly. I don't like her either. And it's just like with her, I think with her and in the house, as much as I don't like her, I kind of appreciate her craziness. It's it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's, it's hilarious. I appreciate the craziness, but at the same time, it's like okay. I really hope you don't get voted in next in the next two years. Well, here's an interesting story about the uh, the Greeks. I believe um, I forgot which. I want to say it was Pericles, but yeah, it was Pericles. Pericles was this this very very. Um, he was a, another great orator, another uh, great leader in, in ancient Athens, and he helped you know build the part. He, he did so many things for Athens that pushed them ahead in the ancient world. Um, but at the end of his career, he was the Greeks had this thing where. Uh, I forgot every a certain amount of time they would the way they voted was they would break a pot and then they would write a name on the piece of broken pottery and they'd put it in a in a bin or another pot and then they'd count how many times that name was brought up and whoever was 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 counted was tallied up that person would get exiled out of the city state for 10 years and the guy Pericles who helped Athens the most like who did a lot of great public works for the for the city did a lot of great things for them um you know got things moving they exiled him out because they were scared that he was too powerful so even even somebody i don't know i think that's an interesting thing in ancient history we look at how democracy works is somebody who helped their nation a lot was exiled out of the out of the nation for 10 years it's 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 amazing when you get those callbacks yeah. to well, ancient democracy. Yeah, that's I, I didn't know that. This is a kind of crazy story. And I mean, right there, that's why you see we have an electoral college because true democracy is not good. True democracy is not good. is not good. And you know, our founding fathers knew that, and that's why they did the electoral college. And honestly, I'm kind of terrified with this Biden administration because there's already talk about packing the courts yeah. and then getting rid of the electoral college. Can you imagine having LA and New York City dictate what the entire country does? And that's the that's the, the scary thing about people in living in those places. They assume because they're educated and you know whatever you want to call They make them, six figures. They, they want to make the rules for everyone else. And that's not how representation works that's not that's, that's a very not, elitist yeah, thing yeah, for you to very do elitist thing. they're colonizing the entire country yeah, with their elitist values there's how many million people living in california and there's how many thousand people living in nebraska yeah so then that I, I read the funny something's funny that someone posted that and this is this is some weird correlation like some weird pulling together of things that i was like kind of disturbed by but it's still hilarious it was funny but the, <laughs> that's all that matters the thing it was uh what was it california has like x amount of kinds of people wisconsin has this big of a population and it's 90 percent white people so their vote they did the number like their vote counts this much more percent than a california vote so because 
Wisconsin is 90% more is 90% white people and California's is whatever. Um, it's, it's now and their vote counts this much more. Therefore white supremacy, because they have more white, they have a bigger white population and their vote counts more. And it's like, okay, I can see how you kind of that those mental that, gymnastics. Yeah. I can see how you kind of came to that conclusion, but that's not why that's there. And there's nothing saying that no other kind of person can go move to Wisconsin. It's just that nobody wants to live in fucking Wisconsin because who people what's in Wisconsin? People in Wisconsin don't want to live in Wisconsin. Yeah, so <laughs> they go to Phoenix. In yeah, the they winter. moved to Phoenix in yeah, like in the winter. <laughs> it's like I get it, but you're you're doing these weird stretches of of numbers and percentages and correlations that I, don't, I just don't think are there. Or I don't, I don't know. That was a funny thing that I that I saw in this. You know the whole re-election thing that was yeah i don't know people need people please read more and think and and challenge yourself don't just live in a complacent uh spoon-fed life go out and deal with some shit yeah go get lost somewhere go get lost in take some acid yeah take some acid At a bullfight, you know, some scheduled one. Take, take some scheduled one narcotics and yeah. go to a show in LA and then talk to everybody. Exactly. Go have that panic attack. Exactly. <laughs> have that panic. Go on a smoke. Go to the patio and exchange and just have everyone start talking to you. I wouldn't know how that feels, but you should do that because yeah. man, it's life changing. Go ask some weirdo for a cigarette. <laughs> go see your favorite DJ. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I think time's up. It's been about an hour now. Damn. Yeah, I know, it's right? Been an hour. I know. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it crazy? Joe Rogan's right. It's literally time it travel. Does just fly by. Yeah. So thank you, Gabe, for coming. This has been such a good conversation. You're gonna have. You're gonna have to come back. I, I will definitely come back. Zach, you had really good two cents. Thank you. I love you so much. <laughs> anyway, so this is Austin. And make sure to check me out on Telegram, Instagram, Gab, Clout Hub. My handle is Pokemom, P-O-K, the number three, M-O-M. Again, it's Pokemom, like Pokemon, but yeah, because I have kids anyway. So uh, smell you later. <laughs>